Hi, this is Claire from Come Back Brighter. You're listening to my podcast about healing after narcissistic abuse. Welcome. Hello, it's Claire from Come Back Brighter here. Now, I'm going to talk to you today about a simple title again. Could it be worse? Question. Because I was talking to a client recently and she's still in contact with her narcissistic parent. And and I remember still being in contact with my father and, and it being really awful. I don't quite know how to explain it. It was painful. It was... If it wasn't, if we weren't going through a terrible stage, I was just waiting for the next time it was going to happen. So, so the relationship was always um, on edge. Or I was always nervous. I was always, if if we happened to be a good day, I'd go, that was a good day, and think, okay. But I couldn't ever relax. I was never at peace. I was never. Um, like secure and kind of felt that you know everything was okay because I knew that at some point in the future something was going to come along and so there's this kind of constant the, the, the constant level of kind of I think say waiting for the other shoe to drop is a constant level of anxiety you know and walking on eggshells and and kind of assessing everything I said or did to see oh hang on uh, oh, oh good that didn't upset him and oh, oh good um I thought I wondered and did I use the wrong tone of voice and all this stuff so constantly assessing myself constantly watching what I was saying to make sure that I wasn't going to say anything that would set him off and then if I set him off it was just like it was awful it was awful because like I said in a previous video it's not like a row okay it it it's a row implies to me like that it's two-sided okay that, that both parties are, are, are participating in the in the discussion if you like even if it gets really heated that both sides are contributing so one might shout and say something and then the other person shouts and says something and that to me is a row but really what happens when it comes to a narcissist is is we kind of get draw pulled into their drama Okay, and they'll use something that you've done as the reason I say in speech marks or the excuse for why this thing has descended into the chaos that it descends into. But then really what happens is it's just the narcissist being as deeply unpleasant as they possibly can be. Okay, and this is the height of the abusive cycle. This is the time when they get in their biggest fix, the kick they're getting, they're getting the attention, they're getting the energy. They know that they're causing you pain. I've just got to say that. They know that they're causing you pain and they're doing it deliberately. That that can be such a difficult thing to get your head around because I think about every single, I'm not going to say row anymore, unpleasant situation with my father, okay? And it was always him, always him doing or saying something that was hurtful and you see he won either way because if I sucked it up and I pretend it didn't hurt me he won because he knew that he'd hurt me he knew that his little stab had hit the mark okay he could tell from my facial expressions and my body language even tiny tiny little things that I did he knew that his 
painful comment or the thing that he did had hit the mark. Okay. So he won because he'd caused me pain. Now, if I pushed back and I said, what are you talking about? That's hurtful. That's unpleasant. That's not true. Any of those things, then he could use that to build it up into this big round. Okay. And that's what happened most of the time, right? I'd push back. I'd say, why did you say that? Maybe not even at the time, but sometimes afterwards I would say, why did he do that? Sometimes to my mother, very occasionally to my father. And that would keep the drama going. Okay. But those, those, those periods of the drama, I don't want to belittle it by saying it was drama. It was deeply painful to me. It hurt. The words that he said hurt. The thing that he did caused me pain. And then what happened was, instead of him just saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I won't do it again, he would he would make excuses, he would blame me, he would pull other people into the drama, he would do everything he could to maximise the drama. And therefore, for him it was drama, for him it was fun, for him it was attention and energy, but for me it was pain. It was pain every single time. Because where I thought that my father cared for me, where I thought that he loved me, in my little world, I would cling on to, to the tiny little scraps that he would give me that I took as love, any little bit of attention, any time he showed me any, any affection, anything like that, I clung on to. It wasn't love. It just wasn't abuse. It wasn't love. It just wasn't abuse in those moments. And that was moments. They were fleeting. They could, they could have happened like once in every two years and all the rest of the time was crap with him. So these times of drama, these times of chaos are deeply, deeply painful. It really hurts. It really hurts to try to find out, try to discover if someone who means so much to, do, to you, someone that you love, to see whether or not they love you back. And that's what it was. every single time what I was fighting for was I was fighting for him to show that he cared about me I was standing up to say do you love me and every single time it was like an emotional slap in the face because he would do everything he could to show me that he didn't care and that he didn't love me So, could it be any worse? What is worse than that? Because it it was never with my father. It was never like one thing. And it was never like one day or one hour. It was like some of these rows or whatever unpleasant situations went on for months. And to such an extreme... It just dragged on and on and on. And I couldn't tell you at the end of the six months when things appeared to be sorted out, by which I mean I swept it under the carpet. I pretended that it hadn't happened. I couldn't actually tell you what it was all about. I couldn't tell you what started it. But I just knew that I'd had a really, really rough few months or six months, whatever it was, with him. And I... And I couldn't tell you, you get the thing is you get drawn into it. You, you start, you defend yourself. You, 
kind of I, I want to say like play along with it we we are participants in this too okay and and we get dragged into it just as much as other people do as well and that's what they feed from they know how to manipulate us they know how to control us they know what it is that we're looking for we're looking for them to show that they love and care for us and they will do everything they can to to withhold that that's the kind of carrot that's the reward that we're always striving for we are looking for unconditional love and acceptance and they will never give that because it's not something you should strive for it's not something you should have to earn so every single one of these times with my father were all deeply painful for me okay and as much as i like to think at the time that after when everything had calmed down again when he got his his energy and attention hit when he caused me the maximum amount of heartache and pain he he was pleased he'd had enough so he could let things settle back down again okay and i would sweep it under the carpet and i would pretend to forget but i wouldn't i couldn't forget it would still be there all the time. And, and I would say to my husband that it got to the stage where I was tripping over the lump in the carpet where all the stuff I'd swept underneath. Because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ignore it anymore. So we think that, right, that, that's what it's like to be involved with a narcissist, okay? It's never peaceful. It's never calm. It's never pleasant. You're never truly happy in their presence because you're always wondering what's going to set them off. And it might not even be you. It might be somebody else. It might be another family member. It might be might be someone in the supermarket that sets them off. And you're waiting on, you're on the on edge, on eggshells all the time, waiting for them to be set off. And that's what it's like. So we think that going no contact is going to be worse. But how? Can it be worse than that? How can it be worse than waiting for something bad to happen or the bad thing happening? How can it be worse than being constantly on edge, being constantly worried, or what feels like having your heart ripped out and stamped on, which is what they do regularly, and they relish it? Because not only that, they take out your heart and stamp on it, but, but there are consequences for you, us, me. <clears throat> the consequences are we find different ways to cope with the pain that we're suffering. We blame ourselves. We go into depression. We go into a dark pit of misery and hopelessness and helplessness. It isn't just something you can shrug off. You're constantly being confronted by really the actions of someone who doesn't care about you. And not only do they not care about you, they actively want to cause you pain. I really feel this. there's a really big difference between not caring, okay? There's a really big difference between the parent who just ignores you and neglects you and what have you to the parent who will do everything they can to sabotage you, who never wants to see you happy, 
who is happiest when you're unhappy, who will add to your misery, who will add to your stress and who will drag you down, will tear you down again when you are happy. That's something else altogether. So what is worse? Is it worse to be still in contact, waiting for another crappy incident to happen, waiting for that heart heartbreak again, or going no contact? And there seems to be as well, and I was the same, I was exactly the same, the, the prospect of the guilt of going no contact was what kept me in contact. So I was more afraid of the guilt that I would feel if I did no contact, and that's what kept me going back. That's what kept me in contact. That's what kept me suffering. Now, potentially, I don't know at what point I thought, oh, I can't cope with the guilt, so I'm gonna endure another 10 years of this, but this that's what could have happened. It could have been that I thought for 10 years, I would rather suffer the constant heartbreak and pain and hurt and misery and depression and sadness and hopelessness of being involved with my father. I preferred that than the guilt. But I'll tell you one thing, I will tell you one massive, massive thing. The guilt fades. The guilt fades. The suffering when you're involved with a narcissist, doesn't stop. It will not stop and it will probably get worse. I really want you to understand that. I want you to think about, is it the guilt that's keeping you in contact with that narcissist? Because that guilt is not serving you. That guilt is toxic guilt. And the narcissist is using that guilt to keep you in contact with them. So I come back to the question, could it be any worse? What is worse? Is it worse being in contact and suffering? Even if things are kind of okay at the moment, you're still waiting for it to happen. You're waiting for the next incident to happen when your heart is ripped out, when you're devastated, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when, you, when you're confused, you don't know what's happening. You cannot understand who someone who's supposed to love and care for you treats you like that. You're waiting for it. If you're not in it now, it's coming. And if you're in it now, it will fade, but it will come again. It's never just a one-off. And it will never be resolved. Not to your satisfaction, because it's not about sorting out an issue in the relationship. It's about the narcissist using something that you do or say against you to cause the maximum amount of hurt and pain so that they can get the maximum energy and attention. You don't have the same agenda. You want to sort it out. They want energy and attention. And those things don't mix. Because if, if the narcissist wanted to sort it out, you could sort it out. You could have a conversation like two adults. You could say, this thing hurt me. And the narcissist say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. I'm going to change my behavior. That's what should happen. 
But what in, instead, if they feel like that, if they feel like they need that attention and energy, they will take anything you've said and twist it and lie about it and exaggerate it and blow it out of all proportion to make you look unreasonable, make you look like you're the one that started it. But I, and I really want you to understand too that anyone that's involved with a narcissist, they're not, they're either toxic themselves or they've got wounds that they've not dealt with themselves. They will be pulled into the drama too, and they're not to be trusted either. They're not to be trusted either. So really ask yourself, what's worse? Staying in contact and the torture that that is. Or dealing with a little bit of guilt, a little bit of toxic guilt at the beginning of no contact, which gradually fades and fades. I hope that this helps. If you need me, I am here for you. Please reach out to me. Claire, comebackbrighter at gmail.com.